Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Podcast Network Asia. Welcome to She Talks Peace, a podcast that highlights the role of women peace builders around the world in bringing lasting peace and security to communities. Eavesdrop on their communities and get to know their stories. From the Philippines to Malaysia, from Indonesia to Palestine, from Myanmar to the United States, their dreams and hopes for a world without violence and a world where every woman and girl can be whoever she wants to be. Hosted by Amina Rasul Bernardo, President of the Philippine Center for Islam and Democracy. This is She Talks Peace. Salam, dear listeners. Welcome to another episode of She Talks Peace. I'm Amina Rasul of the Philippine Center for Islam and Democracy, joining you from Manila. Guess what? I just found out that our government is extending the effective period for tax amnesty. Not that I need it or care because I pay my taxes on time, whether income tax or real estate tax. Which actually got me thinking more about amnesty, a term we hear often during peace negotiations. And in this context, what is amnesty? The dictionary says it is a general pardon for offenses, especially political offenses against the government, often granted before any trial or conviction. It's an act of forgiveness for past offenses, especially to a class of persons as a whole, like rebels. Why do we give amnesty? Well, in relation to a situation of armed conflict, like uh, what we've been having in uh, uh, southern Philippines, the aim of an amnesty is to encourage reconciliation and contribute to restoring normal relations in the life of a nation affected by armed conflict. In other words, we forgive our enemies, we move forward, and we build our nation. Philippine President uh, Marcos, in his July State of the Nation address, said that he would grant amnesty to rebels who have decided to return to normal life to deal with decades-long insurgencies. That will apply to armed fighters of the largest Muslim rebel group in my country, the Moro Islamic Liberation Front, which signed a 2014 autonomy deal with the government. And it could also apply to the communist rebels. But you know, guys, 
a peace process with the armed group of the Communist Party of the Philippines has been very, very rocky. It has been on again, off again, on again, off again. Right now, it's off. While the Philippine presidential peace advisor, Carlitos Galvez, welcomes a resumption of the negotiations, our Defense Secretary, Gilbert Teodoro, doesn't really. During an interview with CNN, Secretary Teodoro said, I've never considered it. Why? Because if they want to return to the fold of the law, they will be rehabilitated. They will be taught skills. They will be resettled. There is no reason whatsoever to reopening talks with the CPP because it undercuts and undermines the democratic process. Interesting, yeah? But then, you know, Secretary Galvez is the peace advisor and uh, Secretary Teodoro is the defense advisor. So two different uh, perspectives here of uh, government leaders. Now, I was looking at the fact sheet from uh, the UN and the International Committee of the Red Cross states, um, tells us that Party to the 1949 Geneva Convention and Additional Protocol 1 of 1977, states have an obligation to take measures necessary to suppress all acts contrary to their provision. Moreover, states must investigate war crimes allegedly committed by their nationals on their territory and other war crimes. But also, in accordance with obligations, states may adopt certain measures during and in the aftermath of armed conflict to promote reconciliation and peace, one of which is amnesties. Countries experiencing armed conflict normally have national amnesty commissions. The Philippines Amnesty Commission was created by former President Duterte in support of the government's peace policy, which highlights reconciliation and reintegration of rebels. Interestingly, the first chairperson of this commission is a woman. Can this be because women are more forgiving? We have a higher sensitivity, higher compassion? Well, we should really ask her and find out, right? The Philippines National Amnesty Commission is displaying a strong commitment to fast-track the implementation of the government's amnesty program for eligible members of revolutionary organizations. Our guest, NAC Chairperson Lea Tanodra Armamento, has expressed support for extending the application period for granting amnesty to both the Moro Islamic Liberation Front and Moro National Liberation Front members. Prior to her appointment as chair of the newly formed National Amnesty Commission, she was the chair of the Commission on Human Rights during the last months of the previous administration. She had been a human rights commissioner for seven years. Chair Tanodra Armamento also has a distinguished record in the justice system. 
She was an associate solicitor with the Office of the Solicitor General, rising from state prosecutor to senior state prosecutor. In 2003, as the Department of Justice Assistant Chief State Prosecutor, she played a crucial role as chair of the legal panel of the government's review of the final peace agreement's implementation between our government and the Moro National Liberation Front. So as you can see, she is very well informed about the peace uh, processes of my country. And thereafter, she was appointed as Undersecretary of the Department of Justice. Chair Lea graduated with a Bachelor of Law from the Ateneo de Manila University and was a fellow of the Harvard University's John Kennedy School of Government. Welcome to She Talks Peace, Chair Lea. Thank you very much, Mom Amina Rasul. It's really nice uh, seeing you again. Uh, it had been a long time that I had worked with you. I worked with you when you were the chair of the Youth Commission. That was a long Long time ago, Chair Leah. And in the meantime, our hair has changed color dramatically. I was just commenting earlier, dear listeners, that the Chair Leah's hair has grown completely white. And I was asking her, is it because of the job, Chair Leah? So, Chair Leah, you're the first appointed chair of the National Amnesty Commission. What's it like? organizing this commission, being a woman, and you have two men as your commissioners who also happen to be Muslim. Uh, you know, Mom, it's really uh, very good uh, working with these two Muslim commissioners. I think it is in the Muslim culture that they respect women. Well, of course, so, dear Leah, it helps a lot that both have backgrounds in human rights. After all, Nasser Marahum Saleh was a commissioner at the Commission yes. on Human Rights. And uh, Jamark Kulayan also had a lot of uh, homegrown human rights interventions in uh, in Basilan. But actually, Chair Lea, I think maybe uh, they, they look at your track record and they realize that... Uh, they just have to follow your lead because you definitely know what you're doing and where you want the Amnesty Commission to to go. So where do you want the Amnesty Commission to go? What is your priority for the National Amnesty Commission? That is when we have to follow and accomplish, follow our mandate and accomplish the objectives of the office. That is, ma'am, to process all amnesty applications of these rebel groups, the MILF, the MNLF, the RPA, ABB, and hopefully the Communist Party of the Philippines, National uh, New People's Army, and National Democratic Front. Um, in so far as the MILF is concerned, we are informed by um, the uh, the head of the uh, MILF that they have 40,000 combatants, possible wow. applicants for amnesty. 
uh, for MNLF, the numbers are not constant. They say they have one five. There is this, those that said uh, 3,000. So uh, we are working on the larger number so that we can be prepared in case there will be uh, applications that are more than what has been told to us. For the RPA, uh, ABB, more, uh, it's more constant, um, mom, because um, they had been working closely with the government for so long already. And we, I think we only have 1,500 uh, possible uh, applicants. With the Communist Party of the Philippines, uh, we are not yet sure of the number because we are dealing here, mom, with the former rebels, not mm -hmm. the one who are all still um, mm -hmm. combatants, but former rebels, which according to our security sectors, they have already surrendered, but they cannot surface because they have pending cases. Right. So hopefully, mom, we can accomplish our tasks before the end of uh, President uh, Marcos Jr.'s term. Yeah. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at onepeloton.com. But I was I was just thinking, uh, Chair Leia, uh, you know, when when we would have um, consultations, for instance, in Muslim Mindanao, and we would hear uh, the sides of the communities, <clears throat> you would always get this uh, this feeling that the human rights violations of both sides is such a big burden, um, stopping the community from well forgiveness <clears throat> and if you if you provide amnesty essentially you will also have to look at reconciliation right um, all the members of the community government and rebels uh, have to accept and forgive each other and move on you used to be in the commission on human rights so you saw this uh, unfolding all these seven years the difficulty of reconciliation and, and integration. Now that you're in the Amnesty Commission, what should government be doing so that when you provide the amnesty, you can, in fact, heal the wounds and reconcile these two groups that have been fighting each other? Well, Mom, um, you just gave me an idea that my our task as Amnesty uh, Commission is not limited to uh, recommending to the president um, the approval of their application for amnesty. I think, ma'am, you are 
uh, suggesting, which I very much welcome, that we involve other government offices, including the Commission on Human Rights, uh, on this issue of human rights violations. And then, uh, because in the Commission on Human Rights, Mom, we have some um, mechanism on healing Maybe right. we can we can suggest that we involve them. I was really looking at um, what you had done uh, in your years at the Commission on Human Rights, and uh, also when um, uh, Chair Gascon uh, was was still alive, and uh, the discussions about reconciliation, uh, truth commission, truth telling. We would hear this all all the time, and um, it seemed to me that when our governments start negotiating amnesty, for instance, for 40,000 uh, MILF soldiers and 7,000 uh, MNLF uh, soldiers, not to forget the communist rebels who want to uh, come back to the fold. I keep wondering about the, the communities who have been affected and how are they going to accept that all of these people who used to be their enemies are now going to be granted amnesty and and come back. So, you know, it's um, right now in the Amnesty Commission, you're really just organizing, hiring, making sure that the proclamations are in place. But uh, sooner or later, you're going to now be looking at your strategic um, vision. Is there going to be a coordination, Chair Leah, between the Amnesty Commission and the policy side of the uh, Peace Advisors Office, for instance? Uh, yes, ma'am. We are working closely with the uh, Office of the Presidential Advisor on Peace, Reconciliation, and Unity because um, actually they are the ones, ma'am, that um, is helping us organize our office and they, our budget is uh, included in their budget. So um, we get uh, some thoughts from uh, especially Secretary Galvez, USEC Purisima, and USEC uh, Mayor. They are very helpful, ma'am, in uh, assuring the creation of our office. Actually, they are um, always, uh, we are having continuous dialogue to make our processes, uh, administrative and financial, uh, effective and efficient. At the same time, um, they gave us their insights on what had been done by them in the peace process. So we can catch up with what they had been doing and then we got updated on what it will be the next steps. So they, as part, because mom, one of their uh, obligations to the National Amnesty Commission is providing secretariat. and. Mm -hmm. They have uh, four peace tables uh, for the MN, MI, RPA, ABB, and the CPP and PA that assist us in determining the combatants who will apply for amnesty, vetting if these are really uh, members of the rebel groups. I really appreciate your, yung sinasabi ninyo, ma'am, that we have to prepare the community for those will be amnestied. And that makes me think more of engaging the Commission on Human Rights because yeah. during the time of Chair Chito, ma'am, 
he right. established a transitional justice right. um, committee. So, and I was one of those he sent for training, so transitional justice. So, uh, I will again, uh, maybe I will have a meeting with the executive director if this office that Chair Chito established is still exists, so that we can work on, we can they can help us on the pre- community preparation. Thank you very much, ma'am. Hold that thought, Chair Leia. Dear listeners, the, the, the talk is going to be more interesting. We'll be asking Chair Leia about uh, tips on how to maneuver politics and government <laughs> as, a, <laughs> as a woman leader. But before we do that, if you have ideas, uh, questions for Chair Leia, do email us at shetalkspeacepodcast at gmail.com. Let me repeat that, shetalkspeacepodcast at gmail.com or uh, follow our Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at shetalkspeace. Now, back to Chair Leah. Chair Leah, seven years in the Commission on Human Rights and uh, you became chair. The Commission on Human Rights, majority of the chairs had been really powerful women like uh, like you, you've had, uh, uh, well, of course, uh, Senator Delima was also chair, and she's now uh, uh, still waiting for the last uh, case, right, uh, to uh, to be dismissed so or tried, which uh, whichever. But here's the question, Chair Lea. You are a woman, and you're... Part of negotiations with government, with rebels, uh, talking to politicians to support uh, the peace process. What was it like being a woman in such a leadership uh, position? Did you ever, uh, you know, feel that you know, they didn't really take you so seriously? What did you have to do to get your point across? Mom, actually, I find it to my advantage for being a woman because mm-hmm. my, you know men are very courteous to women so parabang um they have to be kind to us so if there are things that i want to put across the table uh even if i say it directly they don't get um hurt they, they don't get offended for whatever i say they listen to me and then um, sometimes uh, they try to soften what I'm asking from them, but still they treat me with utmost courtesy. For me, mom, it is an advantage for us women to be in the leadership role. You know, you remind me of uh, the advice of uh, my mom, you know, former <laughs> Senator Santanina Rasul, that... Uh, the way to get what you want is through honey. And she says, honey catches more bees than, <clears throat> than vinegar. And it was, way, it was her way of saying that uh, the Filipino way, uh, the Filipinas way of getting what they want, of negotiating, is to be more sympathetic, perhaps, so that you get the uh, the confidence of the men that you're that you're dealing with, and they'll be more inclined to accept uh, what uh, what you're proposing. So you really think that um, 
well, under the Ramos, uh, I'm sorry, under the Marcos uh, administration, we might possibly see more women leaders in the government of uh, of uh, President uh, Marcos. Is that a possibility? Hopefully, ma'am, hopefully, because we don't really know the uh, inclination of the current president. Uh, but I think uh, he's close to his mother and he maybe believes that women can do more. Sometimes we can be better than men because I don't want to say that we are always better. Sometimes so that we will not offend men. <laughs> That's true. By the way, Chair Lea, do you have any idea how many of the the combatants are women? I have no idea, ma'am. But uh, when I went to Bitanag, the uh, camp of uh, Chair Miswari, ma'am, when I went there, I only saw one uh, woman, uh, a lady who... Uh, who was from San Carlos City mm-hmm. of Negros. Uh, so maybe, ma'am, the majority of combatants are still... Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. We had uh, you know, conducted some discussions, for instance, with uh, MILF, with Moro Islamic Liberation Front, um, you know, former combatants who, who are women. And uh, it's it's really good that they've come together. They've organized themselves. They've they've gotten training so that they could now be uh, mediators. And I was just I was just wondering because we do have women combatants in the MILF, and um, they used to have I don't know if they still have they used to have child soldiers. When you're looking at the package for amnesty. Uh, are you going to have special considerations for women and uh, and child, you know, former child soldiers? Actually, we are working on it because we, as a government office, we have an obligation under gender and development. Uh, the God budget must go uh, one percent of that, or five percent of the total budget mm-hmm. must be dedicated to gender and development. Uh, aspect of governance. So we are, I'm assigning one of my uh, co-worker to work on this matter ma'am, because, so that we will be compliant with the Philippine Commission on Women requirement on gender and development. By the way, Chair Lea, I mean, earlier on I had mentioned that uh, SEC uh, Secretary, Defense Secretary Teodoro is not really inclined towards having a peace process with the armed group of the Communist Party of the Philippines. In the Amnesty Commission, if there were you know, rebels who want to come into the fold, communist rebels who want to come into the fold, will you be able to 
accept them and, and process them, or should there always be a you know a peace agreement before you can offer amnesty? I think, Mom, the grant of amnesty does not require a peace agreement mm-hmm. as long as they are covered by the proclamations that will be issued by the president, granting them amnesty, and then this will be concurred by the House of Representatives and the Senate. Um, previous, uh, previously, ma'am, uh, during the time of President Duterte, he issued proclamations number 1093 that was mm-hmm. to cover the, uh, they called it the CTG, Communist Terrorist Group. Mm-hmm. Uh, the House of Representatives concur on that uh, proclamation, mm-hmm. but the Senate, because there was an objection from Senator Lacson based on the pendency of the petition for proscription to declare mm-hmm. them terrorists, mm-hmm. then the Senate did not concur to that proclamation. So uh, we are now working again for the reissuance of that proclamation so that uh, the Senate may now concur because the case for uh, the petition for proscription was already dismissed by the Regional Trial Court of Manila. So maybe now the House of, uh, no, the Senate may reconsider their pre- previous objection on that uh, proclamation. Correct me if I'm wrong, Chair Lea. The National Amnesty Commission really just looks at um, amnesty for uh, political you know, the political uh, you know, uh, aspect, right? Yeah. So rebellion against government. I mean, if you're looking at uh, those who have been, you know, detained, those who have been arrested because of drug dealing, because there were so many of them during the Duterte administration, you're not covering that, right? That still remains no. within the Department of Justice process, not under you. Yes, ma'am. That's correct, ma'am. Uh, it is very specific in the four proclamations that offenses that are affecting drugs, uh, violation of Dangerous Drugs Act, uh, uh, offenses against chastity, um, mm-hmm. uh, robbery, kidnap for ransom. These are not covered by amnesty. Yeah, that's... Uh that's uh, that's good to know, and at the same time, uh, a little bit problematic because then what do you do with the thousands of uh, drug dealers who have been caught with like uh, what a uh, couple of grams of uh, marijuana or something in their possession? But that's another topic for for another time. Chair Leah, you. Yes, in, when you were in human rights, you had uh, negotiated the part of the, you know, of the government panels and the negotiations, and you had moved around uh, Mindanao, uh, gone to the MILF camp in uh, in Darapanan. Do you think that the the communities who had been conflict uh, affected are very welcoming of the National Amnesty Commission? Is there a desire to move forward? Yes, ma'am. When I went to, uh, when I, together with uh, Commissioner Kulayan, went to mm. the Rapanan, we were welcomed by the base camp 
commanders and their um, members. So uh, we they were so happy that they saw us, and then parang parang they feel that there is sincerity on the part of the government, and um, they also raise issues regarding their safe conduct pass. Mm-hmm. So they, I feel, mom, that we are very useful to them. They mm-hmm. they feel that we can answer their concerns regarding the. Uh, their freedom of movement because mm-hmm. the National Amnesty Commission through its local amnesty board has the power ma'am, to issue a uh, safe conduct pass. And that's yeah. very important to them, especially ma'am, for those uh, aging combatants already and they want to go to mm-hmm. the hospitals. Thanks so much for that, Chair Leia. You know, the National Amnesty Commission has been long awaited. I mean... We've had uh, peace agreements with the MNLF 1996. Then you've got the peace agreement with the with the MILF. And always that was a problem. There is a warrant for our arrest. Yes. How yes. on earth can we go to to the negotiation? So it's really great that uh, there is the National Amnesty Commission, a necessary step so that we could heal and reconcile. And um, Chair Lea, before we end our our conversation, do you have a message to to our listeners? I mean, uh, we have listeners mostly in in the Philippines, but we also have listeners abroad. A lot of people in areas of uh, armed conflict. Yes, What's ma'am. Your message about amnesty and reconciliation. I'm really thankful for this opportunity because it gives us a chance to reach out. We will do our best to do our work, to deliver peace to our uh, people. Uh, Mom, I am, um, I am, my husband is from Cotabato City. Uh, oh. So I've, I know and I've been, when I was with the Office of the Solicitor General, I was the counsel, the legal counsel of the, the Autonomous Region on Muslim Mindanao. So I can feel them and um, there, we are here, mom, to help in the healing of all the um, animosities that has evolved when the rebellion started. And hopefully, uh, keeping our fingers crossed, that we will be very helpful. Just trust us, we will do our work and we will make sure that the pay you're giving us is worth enough to bring peace to our land. Thank you very much, ma'am. Thank you so much, Chair Lea Armamento. Dear listeners, you heard a woman who has been deeply steeped in the law and in human rights, sharing with us her thoughts about amnesty, the granting of amnesty to former enemies of state and the possibility of uh, reconciliation. So thank you so much, Chair Lea. But before we go... Dear folks, do give us a follow at She Talks Peace on our Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram to get updated on the latest episode releases. Please share. Again, this is She Talks Peace. So, dear listeners, Chair Lea, thank you. This is Amina Rasul of the Philippine Center for Islam and Democracy saying bye for now from Manila. Bye, Cherlea. Thanks.
Thank you, Mom. Thank you very much. She Talks Peace is brought to you in partnership with Podcast Network Asia and Podmetrics, the easiest way to monetize your podcast. For more information, check out their website at podcastnetwork.asia and podmetrics.co. The views and opinions expressed by the podcast creators, hosts, and guests do not necessarily reflect the official policy and position of Podcast Network Asia, the hosts of the program, or other programs of the network. Any content provided by the people on the podcast are of their own opinion and are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, individual, or anyone or anything.